Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare. A medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine, he is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, folks, well, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. As always, happy to be here as your host, um, talking about our Catholic faith more than anything else, talking about what's important to us as Catholics, our health, and as far as our mental health, our spiritual health, and our physical health. Let's get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, so much going on in the world right now. Big war going on in the Middle East. Israel versus Hamas and Hamas versus Israel. And then one of the big things going on with that is there's a lot of people who are worried about how it is spreading to the rest of the world. A lot of unrest, a lot of upheaval here in the United States. So many different people protesting on both sides. You know, one side saying they're right, the other side saying they're right. And really the future of the church, the future of us here in the U.S., the future of the world, you know, I think that this battle, this war that's going on is much bigger than just in the Middle East because we see it spread its ideologies around the world. Uh, we see the situation where, you know, what is terrorism after a while? Because when you have people protesting on the side of terrorism, you start to wonder why that would be. And so many different people have come to me and asked me, why is the world so evil right now? Why is there so much darkness? Why is there such a big battle? The big question is, you know, is this really uh, the end time right now? Are we living in the end times? Well, if you think about it, folks, we've been living in the end times since Christ uh, ascended back into heaven and the church started because we're waiting for his coming. And Jesus is going to be coming at some point or another. Uh, we're waiting for that second coming of Christ. There's always been upheaval and turmoil in the world that we see. War is not something new. But what scares me a little bit more, what's, what should be more, I shouldn't say scares, what should be more at the forefront of our, of our mind is where is our heart as all this is happening? Are we going to turn in fear and are we going to say, 
you know, we can't do this anymore. Um, I've lost faith. I don't know what's going on in uh, in the world. Is God even in my life anymore? A lot of people will start to doubt. I mean, there's no question about that. There's no question about people. Uh, and I'd say everybody, including myself at times, we all go through moments of, of doubt. But usually when we start to see things like this, people seem to pick one side or another. They're either like, wow, there's this war going on. I better get my life back in order. Uh, I better start to look at, you know, am I ready to die today? And other people say, you know, if there were God, we wouldn't have these things. We wouldn't have um, war in the world. We wouldn't have so much turmoil because God wouldn't allow this. God wouldn't, God would always, uh, we would always be at peace. Well, there is a God and the reality is there is a place that's always going to be at peace. It's called heaven, but it wasn't meant eternal peace, happiness was not meant for this planet because we got to remember that we are still in exile of the garden of paradise. We're east of Eden. We are, uh, when Adam and Eve fell and they, um, and God told them that they would have to go and live a certain life of repenting. He told Adam, right, you're going to have to go to work. And he told Eve, you're going to have to, your uh, childbearing is going to be painful for you. When all this happened was Hey, you could have been in paradise right now, but because of the fall, because of disobedience, uh, now there's going to have to be a time where you're going to have to make up for your sins. You're going to have to work towards the kingdom of God, and that's where we are. So I tell a lot of people, you know, especially from a mental health perspective, from a spiritual health perspective, um, Wars to be expected. If we're looking for peace here on this earth, we're going to find semblance of it. I think there's going to be moments where we're at peace, but then there's going to be moments where we can't expect that. We we can't say, oh, this is where I want to build my paradise. We've got to remember what Christ told us uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, where he said, don't build your treasure here on earth, where, where dust and moths corrode and thieves break in and steal. He said, make your treasure in heaven. And we got we have to continue that. Unfortunately, we see so much destruction that it could be disheartening. It could easily be disheartening to say, this doesn't make sense. And the truth is this. This is why I tell people, yeah, the truth is it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. It's not supposed to make sense here on earth. This is where we need to reason our way as much as possible towards heaven. In heaven, everything will make sense. There won't be any questions. There won't be a situation where I ask myself, well, why was this the case? And I'm confused. In heaven, we're not going to have any confusion, and it will be all peace. If we're looking for that here on earth, the challenge is that we're going we're gonna to be disheartened if we're only using human, earthly reasoning. Uh, if all we're thinking about is, uh, I want to have my comfort here on earth. I want to make sure that you know I'm totally carefree. Then you know, a lot of people think if I win the lottery, all my problems go away. Look at these, you know, people who have a lot of money and don't have any material needs. Man, that's not a problem. Or people who have a lot of titles. Oh, there must be, their lives are perfect. And that's a big fallacy because the reality is there is, you're not going to find perfection here on earth. We might find a semblance of excellence of trying to get to heaven, but these wars, these things, they are to be expected. Unfortunately, the most important thing though is how am I going to get my heart to, in the midst of all this, in the middle of this frustration, in the middle of uh, uh, the fight, continue to seek God? Well, one of the main things I tell people is you got to go to the doctor's office. 
you still have to show up to the clinic. You still have to show up and get yourself taken care of in order to be able to see God. And the doctor's office, I consider to be church, confession, the ultimate doctor's office. You know, it's interesting. One of the things <laughs> with all this is I keep telling patients, you still got to go get your checkup. You still got to take care of yourself. You can't see the world in war and decide, oh, that's it. I'm just going to stop taking care of myself. You know, it's easy to do that, but we got to remember, look at where you are right now and what kind of turmoil is around us. The first thing I tell people, honestly speaking, is got to get back to church. Not so much, well, physically, of course, every Sunday get to church at the very least, if you can't do daily mass, uh, every Sunday get to church. Every two weeks, every month, go to confession, get to a confessional, get to a priest and, and have him hear your confession. These are important things to consider. You can't stop doing that. In the same way, I, you know, no different than if a patient tells me, gosh, you know, there's so much war uh, going on. There's so much turmoil. I don't think I can see you anymore, Dr. Sandoval. I don't think I can go for my checkups. I don't think I can get my refills because I don't believe that my mental health is that important anymore or physical health is that important anymore. You know, gosh, if you suffer from high blood pressure and diabetes, eh, I'm not going to take that medication anymore because, eh, you know, it's not that big a deal um, because there's war going on on earth. That's the same mentality, the same logic a lot of people use and say, ah, no, I'm not going to go to church anymore because I don't believe in God and, and this bad stuff is happening. Well, your soul is still there. Your soul is still happening. You still need to make sure that we get a soul checkup, if you will, um, because there's no other way. There's no way around it. The soul still needs to live, breathe, uh, and be healthy. So that's one of the things. But let's back up a little bit and say, what can I literally do now to get myself right into focus, get myself better because I've had patients and people just watching the news all the time. And the first thing I tell them is we weren't meant to, the human mind was not meant to understand everything that's happening in the world, all the evil that's happening in the world. Um, and with the media, obviously we're able to get news instantaneously, but it's nonstop. I mean, if you look at this and you look at this was bombed, you know, the, this hospital was, was uh, apparently bombed uh, recently. You know, there's uh, there's protests on the streets and people beating each other up here in the United States. There's all this going. The human mind was not meant to take all that in every second of the day. So the first thing I tell people is, look, if you want to read the headlines for half an hour, 20 minutes, you get an idea of what's going on, maybe an article or two, but then you got to stop. You can't be reading the news 24 seven, you know, looking at it all the time, thinking that you're going to gain something or somehow your life's going to improve. Now, by, by as creatures, as human creatures, human beings, we are curious by nature. And so that tugs on us. The media knows that they're going to put the worst case scenarios on the news because they want to get our attention. But we need to pull away from that because one of the challenges is this. If we're watching the news all the time and we're worried about what's going on around the world and it's amping up our fears, we lose sight of taking care of our lives in the here and now. So uh, it's no different. I can compare this, uh, you know, psychiatrically, just the same way that we talk about deliverance, the same way, we, you know, in, in the deliverance world. And if anybody watches any of our other shows, Jesus 911, where they do the, the war room conferences and they talk about what deliverance means and how to how to fight uh, dark forces in our lives and spiritually speaking it's the same thing you cannot focus on that all the time because that's not our our end
All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about what is going on in the world and how do I get over any fears? How do I get my life back to Christ? How do I make it so that in the middle of chaos, whether it be actual war that's happening or a time of what we call relative peace here on earth, and I'm having an internal war, um, how do I get back to Christ or how do I keep my heart with God in the midst of all that? Because it can be very challenging. It can make us feel uh, frustrated uh, and it can make it so that you know, we kind of give up our spiritual life sometimes. Some people say, I lose hope. I don't believe that God loves me. I don't believe that there's any hope in my life anymore. And, you know, this all this stuff is just too hard to take. I equate this, honestly speaking, with going to visit the doctor. How often are we visiting God? And I think one of the things that happens is we avoid uh, visiting Christ. We avo- avoid a lot of things in our faith, we avoid doing what we know we're supposed to be doing. Sometimes we avoid going to church or confession because there's a lot of fear. More than anything else, there is a lot of fear. And I feel that sometimes with my patients who, you know, I sit there and as doctors, not that, not that I'm comparing myself to God or Christ in any way, but in a very similar way, in a very similar uh, profession of healing, you know, when you go to the healer, sometimes there's a lot of fear involved with that. Why is that? I think in the midst of chaos, whether we are in a time of peace or not, I think we always need to take that step back and say, am I ready to go to God, regardless of what's happening on in the world around me? Because I need to look at what's happening on in the world in my heart, what's happening in the world in my soul, in my spirit, in my mind. There's a whole world there, the interior life, as we call it, that sometimes we don't pay attention to. So I would invite my listeners or you know anybody who's come to me before and said, you know, I'm afraid of what's going on. What do I do? One, I say, stop watching the news right now. Just get a glimpse of what's going on so we're aware. Know what's going on in your local news. But this is a wonderful time to take that step back and do an internal retreat, if you will, a retreat of my interior life. But as I'm doing that, be very aware that there is, there can be a very real fear of saying, I'm afraid to go to confession. I'm afraid to go to um, church. I'm afraid to do all these things. First, I think we need to start with prayer. But when I look at the fear, we got to ask ourselves, why is this happening? Why is this fear? There was an interesting article I found because I always like to find out, you know, why do people not like to go to the doctor? There's so many different reasons. But can we compare this to not liking to go to church or actually being afraid of confronting myself in in front of God? You know, and I say confronting myself, looking at myself, really looking at my examination of conscience, where is my life? You know, there's the there's the war that's going on in the world, but I equate that to what kind of war is going on in our hearts, in our spirits, in our souls? So I found this interesting article uh, just because it was asking, what is the fear of going to the doctor? Why Why are we afraid sometimes? What can help overcome those fears? It's very little. It's a very, very short article, but I thought it was very pertinent to the spiritual life. And it's just called, yeah, how to deal with the fear of doctors. So let me read a little bit of this and see, does this resonate with us at all when 
We're thinking about getting our life back in order. It says, for some people, going to a medical appointment can be a source of great stress. It's not just major medical problems and procedures that cause stress. Okay. Um, it says, even preventative care visits, routine vaccinations, and basic care can cause some people to have a fear of going to the doctor. I equate this right now with, does anybody have a fear of coming closer to God? Are we afraid of looking in our hearts and realizing, I'm not perfect? Or realizing, yeah, I have sinned. And how do I present this before God? You know, a lot of patients are afraid of coming in because they are so sick. Because one, they're probably tired of hearing that they're sick. And notice that it's the same illnesses. I think God has always put a, a interesting comparisons in our life. I think I think it's not by accident. I think it's by design that if you think about it, somebody has a chronic illness and say, yeah, I've been dealing with high blood pressure my whole life. How many times do we find ourselves going to the confessional and saying, yeah, I've been dealing with a sin my whole life and it's the same sin. You know, I tell somebody, look, you've got high blood pressure or you've got high cholesterol. Unfortunately, this is a lifelong situation. There's things you need to do to make it better, but there's things that you can do that are going to harm it, even though it's, you know, the fun things in life. You know, somebody has high cholesterol, usually we tell them, look, you cannot have fatty foods. You cannot have a lot of sugars. You got to watch the diet. You know, it's the same thing with the spiritual life where, uh, how many times are you told, are we told by the priest, look, you can't do, yeah, you see all those people, it looks like they're having a good time, they're partying. Um, yeah, you can't do that because you're going to fall into temptations. But why? Why do they get to do that? And they seem to have an okay life and I can't do that. That's just how it is. That's how you were built. Why do I have high blood pressure and somebody else doesn't? I don't know. Could be genetics, but it's something you have to deal with your whole life. I see it very similarly because a lot of patients don't want to come in because they say, look, I know I've got high blood pressure, but one, I haven't been taking my medication. Two, I haven't been, you know, keeping a good diet. Three, I haven't been exercising the way I should. I haven't been following the script. I know that when I come in, I'm not going to be in very good physical shape. It's the same thing in the spiritual life. I think sometimes we get scared because we each deal with our own spiritual illness, if you will. It might not be, it could be your spiritual high blood pressure, your spiritual high cholesterol, your spiritual, whatever landed in your spiritual corner. But the question is, how well are we taking care of it? Am I ready to go to confession and say, you know, I know that this is what I'm dealing with and I haven't really confronted it. That can be kind of scary. It can be scary because we don't want to feel like failures. We don't want to get scolded. And a lot of stuff we already know, you know. So it's interesting that the article starts this way where it says it's not just major medical problems and procedures. Um, it's preventative care visits. So what's preventative care? Hey, preventative care is when we tell people, look, you're getting to this age and you're going to have certain uh, illnesses come up, you know, as you get into, as men get into their later on in life in your middle age, gosh, we've got to worry about the prostate gland. You didn't have to worry about that before. As women get older, they start to worry about menopause and things like that. We start to talk about things that are up and coming or things that we need to look out for in the future. Spiritually speaking, are we doing that for ourselves as well? Am I looking at my life and realizing Hey, you know what? Um, as I get older, as I get this into this stage in life, I'm not going to have the same temptations as I had before when I was a young kid. But now I got to watch out for these other temptations. And this is very true. I, I see. I see so many parallels where you know, as the soul grows, if you will, um, we, we start to look at well, what's going to tempt an older man versus a younger man? What's going to tempt uh, an older woman versus a little girl? Uh, what are the different things that come up in life that you know, we need to look out for. We don't like to look for that because all of a sudden now we're responsible for that kind of knowledge and we are responsible for, you know, making sure that we're 
that we are doing something about it. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to do because we want to be able to say, you know, I, I don't have time for that. I don't have to worry about that. I need to go to work. I need to take care of my family. I need to do all these other things. Um, and now I, if I take a step back and, and start taking care of myself and look at myself, I realize there's some work to do. That, that, that can be hard. Uh, and that can be challenging on different levels. But we cannot let that go if there is, uh, just because there's turmoil in the world, just because something bad happened during the day. We need to keep vigilant of our souls, of am I getting to church? Am I looking at those things? But the article starts off with a very simple question and it says, what is a phobia of doctors? This is where I would say, what is the phobia of Christ? Do we have a phobia of God? Well, let's read a little bit here. It says, a phobia is an intense fear. We know that. You know, there's so many different phobias that people talk about in the world today. Everything's phobic. Everybody's phobic of everything because people get upset when you have a different opinion sometimes. Um, but let's look at this and let's look at it now. We're talking from the psychiatric world and this is uh, really what uh, right up my alley here. So what is a phobia? I deal with these all the time with patients, right? Different phobias. But a phobia is an intense fear of a particular thing sometimes for no reason. That's the key right there. And it says some people have such an intense fear of doctors that they are said to have a phobia of doctors. A clinical word is iatrophobia. So whenever we talk about in the medical world, something's iatrogenic, it means that we caused it. It means that we as physicians caused the problem. Um, iatrophobia would be that the patient has a fear of us iatrogenic illnesses is kind of like somebody comes into the hospital and let's say they're coming in because they have an infection in their leg but while they're there they end up getting a pneumonia well why was there a pneumonia around the hospital Did, you know we don't stop living uh we don't stop being vulnerable to diseases just because all of a sudden we're in the hospital in fact we tell most people hey in the hospital this is the last place you want to be we want to get you out of there because there's so many different illnesses there we don't want you to get sick with something else right? So it makes sense. And then we said those are iatrogenic illnesses. In the same way, uh, this is why I tell people, if you are in a challenging place in life, it's not the time to stop being spiritual. As we're coming up on the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about how do we deal with, you know, dealing with these phobia, fear doctors. We're going to talk a little bit more about what that means. But really, are we afraid of God? Are we afraid of Christ? And what do we do about it, especially when there's turmoil going on in the world? This is when we got to drop that fear, get closer to God, and get back into our spirit. More after the break. All right, folks, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we're talking about, am I afraid of God? Do I shy away from getting closer to God? Are there things keeping me from visiting my spiritual doctor, Jesus Christ, um, as often as I should, as often as I could? Am I afraid to look into my heart um, and see what's going on in my soul? Why are we talking about this today? Because when there's a lot of chaos in the world, when there's a lot of wars, it's easy for us to become lax in our spiritual life to say, you know, this is good. There were really a God and yeah, this wouldn't be happening. And I turn away from what I know I should be doing spiritually because I say I give up. I give up. And the reality is, even in the midst of war, in the midst of chaos, whether it be around the globe, you know, halfway around the globe or right here in our backyards, we can't stop our spiritual health. That's the bottom line. Before the break, we were talking about 
um, being afraid of doctors and being afraid of going to the doctor and how this can actually be intense for some people. It can actually be a phobia. It says for some people, this phobia of doctors may manifest itself as general anxiety. This is true. For others, it could be outright panic. And this is something we've got to ask ourselves. Do we start getting anxious when we need to go to confession? Do we start getting anxious? Do we have a fear or an anxiety or a little thorn in our hearts that say, maybe I shouldn't go to communion right now, but I'm afraid. I don't want people to think that I I better go up. You know, do we ever get that? Do we ever get that feeling that says, you know, maybe I'm not ready. I shouldn't do this. I don't know. But let's look at this. Let's look at this article. I'm comparing our spiritual life to going to a doctor because fear of doctors could be just like fear of Christ. I want to get, I'm afraid of going to find out about my physical health. Maybe I'm afraid of, or mental health, you know, fear of going to a psychiatrist. Maybe I'm afraid of going to find out about my spiritual health. The article goes on to say, why do some people have a fear of going to the doctor? There could be many reasons a person has a fear of doctors. It could be fear of a certain medical procedure the pain of certain procedures, an anticipated diagnosis, fear that developed due to a bad experience with a certain doctor or during a period, excuse me, a prior visit to a doctor. So these are things that happen to us in our spiritual life all the time. Are we afraid of going to confession? I'll just say confession for this one. Am I afraid of going to confession? And being told something and this is the anticipated diagnosis. I know a lot of people are afraid of going to the doctor because they're like, I don't want to be told that I have this potential, you know, gosh, if diabetes runs in my family, I'd rather not even know about it. I don't want the doctor to tell me that I have diabetes. I'm afraid that I might. And I'd rather, if it's out of sight, out of mind, I'd rather not know about it. I'm not responsible. How many times are we afraid of doing that? You know, you go to confession, you talk to a priest and the priest might say, hey, you are doing this wrong in your life. This is where you're failing in your spiritual life. I don't want to talk about that because then that means that means something. That means that I'm responsible and I might have to make a change in my life. And boy, I might not be ready to do that. Or this one is very common fear that developed due to a bad experience with a certain doctor or during a prior visit to a doctor. How many times have we had a bad experience talking to a priest, a counselor, a choir director, somebody at church? And all of a sudden we equate that experience to, well, the church is bad. I'm not going back. Or, you know, that priest was a terrible at confession. He made me feel awful. I'm not going back to confession. We got to separate that. And we got to remember in the medical world, if you had a bad experience with a doctor, most doctors will tell you, find a different doctor. You know, go, it's your spiritual or your health is still there. And for us, our spiritual health is still there. You got to find a different priest or you got to have a different experience because that's not the way it goes all the time. You got to find somewhere, somebody who understands the mercy of Christ. You know, this is, it's funny because this is where a lot of people say, well, how do I find a good doctor? Well, I would ask, how do I find a good priest? You know, you kind of shop around a little bit or you, you get to know people or by word of mouth, you know, so that's, that's important to consider. It says some people are petrified of needles and are scared that they will have to have a blood test or vaccinations during their doctor's visit. This is true. How many of us are actually afraid of prayer? Or how many of us are actually afraid to get into the quiet of prayer? Because when we do, if I go kneel in front of the tabernacle, if I go um, and do my penance rite, or if I'm in quiet meditation, God starts speaking to me, and that can feel like that needle coming into my into my uh, uh, my arm or something like a vaccination, and it might hurt. It might hurt when God starts speaking to me because I'm going to see the parts of my life that I need to fix. And God is pruning us all the time. So we don't like pain. As human beings, we don't like pain. But there can be spiritual pain associated with getting closer to God and doing that examination of conscience. Why? Because sin doesn't feel good at the end of the day. It might have felt good while you were in the process of sin. I should say, 
reforming our lives and getting sin out of our lives doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It can be very, very painful spiritually. And sometimes we're afraid of that. We don't want to go to the doctor. We don't want to um, go see Christ because this isn't going to be easy. Changing my life spiritually, that can be hard and it can be painful. It says fear of doctors could also have no rational basis in reality, which is common for many types of phobias. This is true too. Uh, a lot of times people are afraid to get closer to God because they're afraid that they're going to be told that they're doing something wrong. They're going to be afraid that they're always sinning and they're afraid of all these things. And this is where we get into the realm of scrupulosity. You know, people are, are afraid of that everything I do is a sin. I turned the wrong way. I looked the wrong way. I thought something and it was a sin. And so there could be this irrational fear developing um, where people are, I'm just afraid of the doctor. Why are you afraid of the doctor? I don't know. I'm not sure why. I just don't want to go. I, th I think that they're going to do this or they're going to tell me that. And you're saying that's not even rational. It doesn't even make sense, right? No rational basis in reality. Why am I afraid of God? Why am I afraid of going there? I honestly think it's it's more the pain that we're afraid that we're going to feel. But some people really do with the scrupulosity. They're afraid that everything's bad and they're, God's going to condemn them to hell, which rationally speaking does not make sense. If we think about it, if God is all love and all mercy, it doesn't equate the, somebody who's all love and all mercy could never send you to a bad place. They can never wish you ill. They can never wish you, um, you, you know, bad for you. It, it wouldn't, it doesn't make any rational sense. It's like in the gospels where Jesus says, who, if your, if your son asks you for a piece of bread, who's going to give him a snake. It doesn't make sense that a loving God would do that. And sometimes we make God out to be like that. It's not rational for us to do that, but we're afraid of punishment because that means that we have a very, if we're afraid of punishment, we have a very real sense that there is a right or wrong, and we might have done something wrong. But the article goes on to ask, how do I know if I have a phobia of doctors? How do I know if I'm afraid of doctors? That's a great question. It says it's not uncommon to be nervous or a little anxious before a doctor's visit. It's not uncommon to be anxious before a confession, right? Many people are, but a phobia is much more than that. Here are a few signs and symptoms that your fear may be more like a phobia. Okay. Let's look at this one. You cancel doctor's appointments or keep rescheduling them uh, to avoid dealing with the fear. You don't even get the preventative care and important vaccinations you may need to help you stay healthy. Spiritually speaking, how many times do we cancel going to confession? Oh, I know I need to get to confession. I know I should. Ah, but you know what? This came up. Oh, there's a sale at the store. Oh, there's this great movie I got to watch. There's always an excuse. There's always a reason to not do it. How many times do we, uh, and by canceling, it might say, well, I didn't make an appointment for confession. Confession is happening all the time. The appointment is there. It's about, you know, every Saturday at three, every Saturday at four, whatever your church hours are, that's the confessional appointment. And Jesus is there waiting for us. He's saying, hey, you have an appointment. You know that that appointment was made in your heart. You know, as soon as you think I should go to confession, that appointment was made in my heart already. Have I canceled it though? I know that I'm like, I should go to confession. I know when confession is. I know the time that it is. I know how to get there. I know that I know how to stand in line and whatnot, but eh, I'm going to go do something else. I just canceled my appointment. I just canceled my appointment with Christ. Why? Because maybe I'm afraid because maybe I'm afraid to, to go there and I keep rescheduling. That's okay. I'll go next week. No, no, no. It's okay. I'll go in two weeks. I'll go next month. Mm, there's a, there's something going on there now. It's no different than if you say, yeah, I made an appointment with the doctors. I know I got to get my my myself checked out. I know I haven't, uh, my medications might need a little bit of changing. I need to up my dose. Uh, you know what? I'll go next month. Eh, I'm going to something else came, came up. We do that all the time. It says, instead of seeing a doctor when you're sick, you try and self-treat. How many times do we try to do that? And say, you know what? I know I go to go to go to confession, got to go to church, got to read more spiritual books. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read the spiritual books. And what I do instead of going to church, 
I go and look at the sunset. You know, I'm not going to go because that's where I find God. I find God in the sunset. That's my, I decided where to find God. That's self-treatment. That's, that's, you're not getting it from the real doctor, you know, or you know what, you know where I find prayer. I'm going to go do good things for other people. Well, it's great to go to do good things for other people, but have you taken care of yourself? Nope. Now you're self-treating. That's not what the church says needs to be done for the well-being of our soul. That's not what the doctor prescribed. It's like, if I tell somebody, you know what, I want you to make sure that you take this medication for your high blood pressure and that you exercise. Ah, yeah, but you know what I do instead? I decide to read this other book um, because it helps calm me down. Well, that's great. And and I I understand how being calm helps your blood pressure, but that's not the treatment I'm giving you. That's not what's going to ultimately help you in the long run. How many times do we self-treat spiritually? We do it all the time. You know, it sounds good. As long as I feel good, I feel at peace, then I'm going to do that. But you know what? If we're not going to confession, we're not receiving communion, we're not going to church, we're not getting the right treatment. We decided that we're going to self-treat. Maybe I'm avoiding something. Maybe I'm afraid of something. So the next one says, in advance of a doctor appointment, you are unable to concentrate on anything else. You lose sleep. You may not eat or cry at the thought of the upcoming appointment. Now, we might not get that extreme for ourselves in terms of, hey, I'm not going to go to church or the thought of going to church is making me cry. But some people, they, you might not get to the point of crying, but some people are probably at the point where they say, ah, I got to go to church, but it's making me anxious. Or I'm going to go to confession and I lose sleep about having to go to confession. I'd rather not think about it. You know, am I really afraid? Do I have a very real fear that's keeping me from going to confession? That's a great question. Here's another one. Do you have a fear of dentists, hospitals, and even sickness or illness? Some or all of these or other types of fears are commonly combined with the fear of doctors. In this case, you know, fear of a dentist, the hospital, the sickness or the illness, am I afraid of the church? Is there something that happened? Now, some people have very legitimate fears. If somebody comes and tells me, you know what, Dr. Samuel, in my youth, I was an altar boy, I was abused, or my sister was abused, or we had a very, very bad experience with um, certain priests. I understand that. And now it's very challenging because now there's a, a very real, very awful, very uh, uh, sickening situation uh, association of the church you know of what is supposed to be good and holy and what's supposed to bring me closer to christ with very dark sin you know you people say well i've heard stories about these priests i know too many bad priests we need to separate that out though and i understand that and that's legitimate it's legitimate to have that reaction but this is where we might need to do some spiritual therapy no different than if somebody says hey you know what i had a bad experience with a doctor this doctor was abusive or they took advantage of me or something you hear about those in the news um, all the time. The question at that point I would say is, okay, so that doctor was bad, but are you still sick? Do you still need to see a good doctor? Do you still need to find somebody because your body still continues, your mind still continues, illness still continues, medication is still needed? If you had a bad experience with a priest, I understand that. But understand that one bad priest doesn't represent the whole of the church. And your soul still needs treatment. We still need confession. We still need communion. This is what's very hard um, I think for us as Catholics and hopefully for priests to understand that, you know, it's one thing for me to say, well, this doctor, you know, he gave me bad medication. He did the wrong thing. He got sued. Um, okay. I get that. And that's my spiritual health or excuse me, my physical health or my mental, my mental health. However, um, when it comes to priests, we, we got to remember there's a very strong representation of, I want to get closer to God. And if somebody affects that, if somebody violates my desire to get closer to God, when you're supposed to be the door to get me there, when you're the carrier of the sacraments, um, that can be extremely, extremely disheartening, extremely damaging in a way 
different from a physical health doctor, from a mental health doctor. This is now dealing with my eternal soul. And this is why it's such an intense violation. I can completely understand why somebody would be afraid to come back or be disheartened or lose faith. Because we got to remember the representation of a, of a priest versus a doctor is very, very different. The priest is there to represent Christ really more than anything else. And you act in persona Christi. As a doctor, you represent the medical community. You represent uh, the world of uh, physical health or mental health. And that's different. That's, my physical health is not going to necessarily get me to heaven. My, my mental illness health is not going to um, prevent me from getting to heaven. But my spiritual health, that's where it's all at. That's what it comes down to. And I think that that's why it's a much more intense fear for people. A violation of that is very, very hard to deal with. I'm not telling anybody, oh, you should get over it. But what I am saying is this. If you did have a bad experience with the church, if there is something that was disheartening, remember that your soul is still happening and your ability to make it to heaven um, is still needs to be taken care of. So I would advise, if nothing else, find a good priest, find a good friend who's Catholic. Think of ways that you realize that Christ is more important than any priest who violated his his vows um, in any way. And really the focus is on Christ at this point. How do I get closer to Christ, the real doctor? Um, that's probably what's most important more than anything else. It says, if you ever experience any of the above, you should talk to a therapist about your fear. They will be able to tell you if your anxiety and nerves about visiting the doctor are actually a phobia. And that's true. You know, what we got to remember, uh, what I just spoke about right now is if you are afraid because something happened to you, that's not an irrational fear anymore. You know, that's a very rational fear. It's a very, very much, look, this happened, and this is why I don't feel good about it. Nobody can deny that. That's in, that's in a different level. But remember, here we're talking about phobia. Somebody who, you know, you might not have that level of, of being disheartened. You might not have that level of fear. But just because I'm afraid of going to the doctor, because I'm afraid of going to church, because I'm afraid the priest is going to tell me I did something wrong, that's why I'm not going to go. There's really no other barrier. We need to overcome that. As we come up on the break, what I want to do is at the next section is, how do we overcome that? Let's focus on some positive ways to get back into the church, whether there's war going on around us or just in our hearts. More after the break. All right, folks, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Sandoval Show. Today, we are talking about how do we overcome our fear of getting closer to Christ, of getting closer to God. You know, so many reasons, there's so many different excuses that we can have as to why we don't want to be uh, in the church, or we can make up excuses for ourselves as to why we're going to put things off. Uh, going to visit our spiritual doctor, uh, going to confession, going to church, going to communion. Um, why do we put it off? There's lots of different reasons to do it. But how do we overcome that? How do we get to the point that we realize this is what's most important in my life and I can no longer put it off? It's easy to even do that. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I have friends who are priests and they put it off. And you're saying, how can how can a priest possibly put off getting closer to Christ? It's no different than saying, how can a doctor put off taking care of himself? You know, doctors, we're the worst patients. We're the ones who, if uh, I know doctors who have who do have diabetes or who do have high blood pressure, we're not immune uh, from illness the same way that a priest is not immune from sinning or temptations. Um, and the question is, is the priest taking care of his own spiritual life? Is the doctor taking care of his own health? Are we getting to our own visits and clinics? I know lots of priests who, you know, they're more than happy to hear confessions. But they're afraid of going to their own confession. 
you know, it's no different than doctors. We get sick too. There's doctors who have cancers, doctors who die. We're, we're eventually going to die of something. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people think that a doctor uh, is is kind of immune to that. The same way that I think we see priests as immune to sin, which is not the case. As a doctor, you need your own health insurance. And some people find that funny. You know, they think, oh, I need health insurance to go see a doctor. Well, myself, I need health insurance as well to go see a doctor. I'm not my own physician. Uh, so it's interesting things that we need to think about. The priest is not his own priest. He needs to be able to go to church to, he needs to do his, obviously he goes to mass because he has to pray the mass. It's his prayer. Um, but he's got to go to confession as well. And is he willing to do that? It's interesting to think about that because maybe we don't feel so alone. Gosh, I have to do this, but they have to do it too. Whether they're doing it or not, that's a different story. But how can we overcome these fears? How can, you know, especially in the world right now with so much war, fear is heightened. Fear can make us either run towards God or away from God. If we find that we're running away from God, we need to stop and do a double check and see how can we get closer to our Lord. Well, let's think of some ways that we can overcome these fears. One, it says, if you are often afraid of going to the doctor, begin by asking yourself, are you worried about a particular procedure or diagnosis? Are you intimidated by doctor's offices or hospital rooms? And would you be more comfortable with a different doctor? These are really real questions that we have to ask ourselves from a spiritual perspective. I would say, are if you're afraid of going to church, and by church, we mean the whole shebang, right? Not just the church building. It could be the church building. But are you afraid of going to church? Are you afraid of following the precepts of the Catholic faith? Are you afraid of going to confession? Are you afraid of going to communion? Begin by asking yourself, are you worried about a particular procedure or diagnosis? What does that mean? Are you worried about having to sit through church? Do you just get bored in church? Do you say, oh, I don't want to go, it's so boring. Well, there's there's a spiritual illness right there. If we think that mass is boring, we don't understand what we're doing. It would be like a little kid telling you, I don't like to go to Disneyland, it's kind of boring. I don't know any kid who doesn't like to go to Disneyland. But if they tell you, oh, it's boring for me, I don't like that. Maybe they do have different interests, but for the most part, I would say something's up. Why doesn't this kid enjoy that? Well, it's the same thing for us. If I'm going to mass and I say mass is boring, I really don't understand at that point what's happening. I don't know where I'm at. I don't understand what my heart's supposed to be experiencing. You know, this is common for those people. For I've, I know lots of friends and people who say, you know, I don't get anything out of the mass. Well, then I think you don't understand where you were. I don't, I don't think you understand what you were doing. So if nothing else, I would say you need to take a step back, read a little bit, learn a little bit more, ask yourself how, what, what is, what is it that I'm doing here? Um, because if I'm feeling like, no, I don't get anything out of this, that could be a real problem. That could be a, a situation where, um, I already don't even know what I'm going to when I go to the mass. We should, when we're at mass, it should just kind of be like, wow, this is, this is where I'm being fed. This is, this is where, where the real deal is. This is Calvary being presented to me again. I am being transported in time and space to the moment of Christ's death uh, on the cross, to the moment of the Last Supper. If we don't understand that, we need a little bit of education, maybe a lot of education, and a real understanding of, of what we're going to. So are you intimidated by a doctor's office or hospital rooms? Church can be pretty intimidating. You know, if we go to, if we, when we go to Mass and there's so many people there, uh, so many people in different places uh, or in one place, the ch church building is big. 
am I intimidated by the church building? Am I intimidated by being around all these people? Um, that's a good question to ask. You know, it's not, it's not uh, easy for somebody to answer that one. Am I intimidated by doctor's office? Sure. Sometimes people are, you know, you walk in and you look at the waiting room and you're like, oh my God, these people are weird or whatnot. This, these are just experiences people have told me about, you know, there's like, dog, I don't like some of the people in your waiting room. Now keep in mind, I've, I'm in a mental health facility. So you're going to have people with different mental health issues and they might seem a little bit off or different to other people. But how many times do we feel like that in church? You know, we go to mass. Am I paying attention to the mass or am I looking around the room and going, these people are weird. Who am I sitting next to? You know, with a sign of peace before COVID, it was very common, you know, but you're like, I don't know that I want to shake that person's hand. That can happen sometimes, not because we're trying to be mean, but because we're human beings. We don't know who's there all the time, especially if you go to a bigger church. You might not know the people around you. If you go to a smaller church, you get to know the congregation. It's pretty nice. You get to know who's there. But but this can happen. You know, sometimes people just don't like being in the big building. Um, or are you intimidated by hospital rooms? Now, the hospital room, I equate a little bit more to the confessional. I know this was a big issue in some churches. And the confessionals can be dark little rooms that people say, I don't like that room. It's so dark and small and cramped. And I kneel and, and the lights go out and it's scary. Why would I want to go through a scary experience uh, in terms of when I'm doing my confession? I understand the reason for the confessional being dark. The confessional being dark is almost like a, a place empty of the senses where once you do your confession, that sin's gone and it's empty. It's like a magic box, if you will. A priest absolves you of your sin. It doesn't exist anymore. In the eyes of God, it's not there. You are perfected at that moment. It's kind of a mysterious, magical moment, if you will. But in the from a human perspective, you know, a dark room, especially if you're a little kid, I don't want to just sit in a dark room. You know, the confessionals were changed a little bit. They were made more into where you could sit down and look at somebody face to face and there's light in there. And um, and I like that perspective as well, because it's the light of Christ. You know, I'm coming here, I'm bringing in the darkness to the light of Christ. So it's a little bit, uh, you can look at it from different perspectives, but the hospital room can be intimidating. The confessional is just like the hospital room. You're going to have wires. You're going to have, uh, you know, people linked up to hoses and a full checkup in there is really what's happening more than anything else. If you look at it from a medical perspective and hospital rooms can be uh, creepy, if you will, there's beeping noises, there's monitors or nurses coming in and out. I would say that the confessional, if we're doing the confessional, it's the same thing. But if we look at it from a health perspective, I bet you as we're doing the confessional, there's angels coming in and out. There's your guardian angel there with you. There's probably saints coming in trying to, um, you know, encourage you to, to go ahead and say that something that you don't want to say. In the hospital rooms, you have nurses, hopefully nice staff coming in telling you, how are you doing? Here's your medication. Here's what you need. That's the way I view it. You know, we see it as scary, but I think the confessional is a really a place of real deep healing um, that can take place even more. So a lot of people love to think of exorcisms that way and whatnot. And oh, what happened in the exorcism? In the confessional, I think you got a whole lot more going on. I assure you that so much of heaven is happening there where people are coming in and they're saying, hey, this guy, it's like a, a, a heavenly hospital. This guy's coming in and, and what are we doing? You know, let's do triage. Let's see how deep these sins are. Let's make sure that we are encouraging them to get better. And the other question is, would you be more comfortable with a different doctor? Would you be more comfortable with a different priest for confession? Would you be more comfortable uh, going to a different Catholic church for confession? You got to ask that for yourself. You know, you got to answer that question for yourself. So another thing to overcome this fear is says, find support. 
A therapist may be able to help you understand if your fear of doctors is rational. They can help you find the true source of your anxiety and educate you on how best to manage your fear. I would say same thing with church. If you had a bad experience with church, I'm sure that there are support groups out there that can help you uh, to realize, you know what, you might have had a bad experience, but your soul is still the most important thing and your soul still works the same way. If you had a bad experience with a priest or with a fellow parishioner or at a particular church, your soul is still happening. Your soul still needs healing and still needs to get close to Christ. It's still going to need confession and communion no matter where you go. Same way the body's still going to need healing. You might have had a bad experience at one hospital. What do you do? Do you say, well, if I die, I die? No, you say, I'm going to find a different hospital, a different doctor, because I know I got to take care of my body. Well, let's focus on the soul. I got to take care of my soul. I need to get to confession periodically because I am human and I do sin. And once I get to confession and I, I've, I've done a good confession, I need to get to communion because I need to be fed spiritually. The soul's not never going to stop needing communion and confession. That's just the bottom line. No matter what's happening in the world and no matter how our heart is feeling, it's that's our nourishment. That's what we need. We need to listen to the to the word of God and the gospels. Uh, you know, it's for and that's spiritual food. We need to get to confession, that spiritual healing of our soul, and we need to get to communion, the ultimate spiritual food, the body and blood of Christ. The next one says, bring a friend who can support you through the doctor's appointment. Perhaps a close friend or a family member to provide moral support can help you get through the fear of a doctor's appointment. That's a great way to do it. I mean, for us as families, this is where I think as, as families, this is our big responsibility to go to church as a family, go to confession as a family. That's where the church starts, the domestic church, the family. We need to have that support from each other. Bring a friend. What better than to say, look, we're going to do this as a family. And dad's out there as a spiritual head of the household. This is where you really need to set the tone. What we do as fathers is the spirit in, in our home. When we say, is, is it the dad who's saying, hey, guys, we need to take out our rosaries and sit down and pray? Or is it the mom who's always doing that? It's great. Mostly moms do that. I, that was my experience growing up. But as dads, I make it a point in my household to say, nope, this is what we need to do. Where is our spiritual schedule? Hey, guess what, guys? We need to get to confession. Who needs to go to confession this weekend? I'm driving. Let's go. We're going to go together. I'll go as well. Um, and with my little guy, what we do is we, you know, we have little kids. What do you do? We all go to confession, but we take turns. Hey, you guys go stand in line first. I'll watch the little kid. And then when you're done, now it's my turn to go stand in line. We support each other. We don't make fun of each other. I always tell my kids, hey, whatever your sins are, your sins, you have your own individual relationship with Christ that is going to be unbeknownst to me. All I can do is help guide it. But the, re the reality is that's your relationship with Christ. You know, you're going to know what your sins are. We just have a list of what we have to go off of. We have the Ten Commandments. That's our guide. But you have to ask yourself, did you violate that or not? I'm here to support you. I'm here to tell you, hey, whatever happened, I really don't care. Go to confession. God loves you. Christ loves you. I think having that family support uh, and that friend support is key. It starts with the family. Um, and then lastly, here in the last minute of the show, it says, in advance of an appointment, ask the doctor or health professional how many tests or procedures there will be so you know what to expect. This is where I say in advance of confession, in advance of going to church, we should always be doing a examination of conscience. That way, I already kind of know what to expect. I got to go in with an open heart. I got to look at what's happening to myself interiorly, because the last thing I want to do is be afraid of God. I want to spend eternity with God. I want to spend eternity with Christ. I better get to know God and Christ pretty well, and I better be on the same page and realize more than anything else, God loves me. If God is love, he's not going to turn me away. It's my own fears that are keeping me from him. God's not afraid of me. God's not afraid of us having a friendship. God is saying, come closer to me. Don't be afraid. The world will always have wars. The world will always have chaos. 
but my love will never change for you and my peace is always here for you. So until next week, this is Dr. Sandoval saying, make sure let's make it to the spiritual doctor and let's keep it Catholic.